everybody. Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless podcast today. Uh, you have your host, Elena, here, and I am so excited about today's interview because I have Dia Irby with me today, and she is just lighting up the stages across TEDx and just making good things happen in her community. So I am so blessed to have you with me today, Dia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you, Elena. I look forward to this very much. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Yeah, so maybe you can start with just telling people a little bit about your story, how you got into entrepreneurship and what that looked like. Were you always an entrepreneur or did it kind of just like come with time? What did that, what did that picture look like? I remember the first time that I attempted entrepreneurship. I was in the sixth grade and my friend and I decided that we were going to go to Nashville and we had practiced singing uh, some song that was popular then. And we got what we were going to buy these little glass piggy banks and paint them and sell them and make all this money. So I think it's inbred in me, but I tell people that I am from South America. Okay. By that, I mean, I was born in Mississippi. I've lived in Alabama, two places in Georgia and in Florida. And that's pretty much South America. Then mm -hmm. we moved north to North Carolina. Along the way in my life travels, I got married and very soon after that, we started adding to our family and we continued to add to our family. So my entrepreneurship was managing a family and figuring out ways to stretch the money with uh, over the 20 whatever years of having children, we ended up with eight children. Wow, that's a lot of children. <laughs> Yes. And I, I don't say I was a stay in a stay at home mom. I was a stay in the van mom forever. Yeah. But always involved in, uh, you know, lots of activities, whatever we were doing. I finally had an opportunity um, when we only had three at home to open my own tea room and gift shop in the North Georgia mountains in a historic building. It was called the Baron York, named after this historic building. And I was able to publish a cookbook, a dollop and a pinch, recipes and stories from the Baron York. That was the first official business entrepreneurship. Now I'm a, a realtor. I've published some books and I'm a speaker. And as you mentioned, TEDx, I've got a TEDx, which also reaches my message of belonging and being together. Mm -hmm. The name of it's the magic of the meal and what happens when we come together and how that builds community. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's a little about me and my journey. I love that. Yeah. One of the things that my husband and I do together is cook together. That's like our thing, right? So for Christmas, we're recording this uh, just at the beginning of the new year in 2023. And I was able to get him a smoker for Christmas. And he was just so excited because it's something that we've always talked about buying together. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's going to be fun because it's something we can do together. And it's something we can experiment with, right? 
So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share that with him, but I'm excited also to incorporate that when we do have a family and just teaching our kids how to cook. And I think that's one of the things that's really important is like having family time, family dinners and stuff like that. So we had breakfast together this morning and now he's out helping his brother at the dump and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to record a podcast. Uh, But it's just so beautiful to be able to connect over a meal. I, I agree. Totally, totally. And, you know, it tastes pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. Smokers so, make such delicious food. I'm love it. so excited. And I can do smoked cheese. And I really love cheese. <laughs> so, oh, that oh, sounds good. intolerant, so don't send me any cheese. Okay. I eat it. Uh, but... I can have goat cheese sometimes, just a little bit. I love cheese. Anyways, I digress. Um, So when we were talking in our pre-interview, we were talking a lot about just community and connecting and how we feel that it's so important, especially right now in the world, to be a part of something bigger than yourself and just to have that, that sense of community. So how do you think that being a part of a community or um, something where you feel like you belong, uh, can affect somebody. I'm so glad I have an opportunity to talk about this. For an example, there was a 1940s study done of two groups of children. Um, they followed these children for three years. Half of them were born in prison to their moms and the other half were put in an orphanage. And they wanted to see what difference belonging had. And as they studied these children, the children, you would think it's better to be in an orphanage, sanitized, clean. The children in the prison did way better. They developed better. They, it was because they were interacting with their moms and the other prisoners and the prison guards and the ones in the orphanage would just lie still, quiet, babies, quiet, just staring at the ceiling. Interesting. Because they were getting food, clothing, and shelter, but they weren't getting human interaction. Mm. And that's a very strong picture of what belonging and interaction, what that does. But uh, we don't have that big, strong picture, but it still is happening. I don't know if you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that he foundationally, every person needs the physiological needs like food and clothing and shelter. And then next comes safety. But the next element for anyone to progress, to be successful is belonging. Mm. You have to feel like you belong somewhere. I believe it's why we have gangs. Yeah. People are, you know, street gangs. People are looking for something to belong to and to be accepted. Yeah. I know when I first met uh, my financial firm, I, A, did not think I would be successful in the financial industry whatsoever because I when I started, I was $100,000 in debt and I was just like, yeah, this is clearly where I need to be, you know, <laughs> but it was the community. It was the, the collaboration. It was the fact that 
everyone was willing to help each other, even though we're competitors, they're like, Hey, how can I help you? What do you need help with in your business today? Or like, do you need some accountability? Do you need someone to talk to? And I was just like, Whoa, because that is unlike anything I had ever seen before. And I think that's why I fell in love with it so quickly because I just, I knew that I was meant for something bigger. And when I met that company, I was just like, whoa, this is it. Like, this is where I belong. And uh, people might've told me I was crazy, but I just, there's that feeling. There's that feeling that you're like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I think you that- You found your place, your identity in your home. Yeah, and when you find it, it's so- beautiful like you're just like oh I get it now well you don't know that that's what's missing yeah if you've never had it Mm -hmm. I I grew up in a very small Mississippi town I'm talking I mean what would small sound like to you how many people uh my town I grew up in was uh less than 20,000 okay 5,000 people in my hometown wow (laughs) which means everybody knows everybody Mm -hmm. and and which is awesome unless your aunt pat calls your mom because sue told her that they saw me doing something you know (laughs) it kept me in line (laughs) but i i i thought everybody had that same sense of belonging that when i was in preschool sitting i can remember sitting in the front yard of miss annie's uh preschool with my classmates making pink clover necklaces and these are the same people that I graduated from high school with that I'm still friends with on Facebook for those that are still around or on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I mean isn't doesn't everybody have this sense of belonging doesn't everybody have that identity of their roots no Mm -hmm. they don't and I discovered that when after my husband finished his uh, graduate work, we moved 13 hours away from anything or anybody I knew. Wow! And instead of, hey, good to see you today and hearing, how's your mom and them? How is your mother and all your relatives? And tell them I said, hello, how's your mom and them? Um, I would get, so, hey, I don't care about knowing you. And it was like, what yeah that you don't feel like you belong Mm -hmm. and and I didn't know that people felt like that and so since that time I have been on a quest to help people understand the need for belonging and how to look for it and how to create it for other people Mm -hmm. so tell us about some of your your books and what got you into being an author When you, I believe everybody, you, everybody has at least one book inside uh, because you have your story Mm -hmm. and your, your struggles and your achievements, they may be hard for you and you've made it through. There's somebody else's guidebook, you know, what you share with is You're only, you're the only one that has your story Mm -hmm. and everybody should hear it. Whether it's um, (laughs) an autobiography, I ought to do this or a, a, or a, a, a fictional 
you know, everyone's got some kind of story. So I have that. My my dad was always writing things and he ended up publishing a book. His sister published a book. His brother published this book about uh, their father and his adventures as the sheriff that rode on his horse around that little town, cool. um, the whole county. But um, so I just always wanted to express myself in, uh, on paper. And so I've had opportunities to participate in um, Chicken Soup for the Soul collections. Cool. You know, you send in your story and they have 101 ways to step outside your comfort zone. 101 stories about um, believing in angels or whatever. When I closed the restaurant, I uh, my tea room, people were like, because we were moving to North Carolina, how can we get your Greek egg salad? Well, buy my cookbook. <laughs> and and I wanted a cookbook that had stories in it because over the seven years that I owned this place, I had some amazing people mm-hmm. come through my doors. So all through it, I had stories of the people that came to the restaurant, as well as stories behind how I... Where did I decide to make frangos? Where did that come from? Well, frango is Portuguese for chicken. And when I visited our daughter living in Brazil, I had a coxinha de frango. Oh, it was delicious. So how can I make something like that? And I did. And I called it a frango. And I think people think that that's actually a real dish. Well, it is, but they may go somewhere else and say, do you have any frangos? And nobody knows what they're talking about. But anyway, (laughs) so that was that. And then having my eight children, people ask me questions about why are your children living all over the world? Because they've lived on six continents um, and I get to visit them. But so you, you know, you put it in a book so you can share it with people Mm. and um, why are my kids doing all the things they're doing? Because I believe in supporting visionary dreamers. So I, I wrote a book about that. Wow. And just just sharing your knowledge. And I've got a book that's coming out, hopefully, um, by the end of this uh, January or 1st of February about my subject that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, let's dig into it. You go for it. Okay. I, you know, because I believe in belonging, I believe that people don't just want to be connected. They want to be claimed. So I use this acrostic. There are five elements to this leadership strategy that can be used if you're a leader at work. If you have a relationship with someone, you can apply these principles. If you're a parent, you can also claim yourself. So every person wants to belong, like we mentioned. They want to be claimed. And the C, what do you think that people want to know that they are that starts with the C? Um, cared about or connected? Connected's closer, chosen. Oh, I like that. People want to know they're chosen. Think back on a... I don't know what your elementary 
uh, PE class was like, but a lot of times the teacher would blow the whistle and everybody knew it was time to line up. They were going to divide into teams and he'd pick the team captains and the team captains would choose the players for their team. And the ones that knew they were going to get picked first felt really great. And then the ones that wished they were in the library reading a book. <laughs> okay. That was me. I was not yeah. in PE. <laughs> okay. Okay. How did that feel? awful you don't i know because you're not chosen first yeah no you're just like i'm gonna be last today okay this is good you feel like a nerd well um, imagine if you'd been chosen first how that felt Mm -hmm. so everybody wants to know that they're wanted that somebody's choosing them Mm -hmm. and in the workplace you know how you do your recruiting how you onboard, if you are, well, in a relationship, you know, how you choose your person to know that that person wants to be with me, that they're choosing me. When, um, well, it started with the first child. My husband said, if all the children in all the world were lined up and God said, I could pick any one of them, I would have picked you. And then, of course, we had the second one. All the boys were lined up and I would pick you. And then we had our, you know, we had a girl, boy, boy. If all the three-year-olds were lined up, but still the concept, I want to make sure you know that I'm choosing you to be part of the family. That's beautiful. I love it. So the L, everybody wants to know that they are. Yes, that was the easy one. Almost everybody gets that one. You know, what's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there wouldn't be almost 2,000 song titles with love in it and over 100 million songs that have the subject of love. Because it's important. We want to know that we're loved. And this is an unconditional love not an in spite of or because of mm-hmm. i mean it is an in spite of unconditional not a because of a, a parent saying i love you because you cleaned your room no i love you and will you go clean your room <laughs> my husband's always like i want you to love me like you love the dog <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? It's just unconditionally, right? Like, well, how a dog loves you, but yeah, it's just how, how you feel when you, you get home and your dog's like, oh, you're home, like just so excited. Right. It's right. Beautiful. And, it's um, so as we're going through this, we, we, I mentioned some about at work, but think about claiming yourself too. Mm. You have to choose to take care of yourself and say, I'm choosing who I am and I'm important. Loving yourself means loving everything about yourself, mm-hmm. the, the good and the, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses. I love who I am because there's nobody else that can be you besides you. Mm. yeah okay the a what do you think the a everybody wants to be acknowledged (laughs) i did awesome yes acknowledged you get a hundred thousand extra points perfect 
I'll take it. You know, and like think about a, a, a little child taking that first step, a toddler takes their first step and the room, you know, breaks up. Here's a video, send it to all my friends. They took their first step. Well, it doesn't stop there. We still want to be acknowledged for all of our accomplishments. Mm -hmm. But here's another aspect of acknowledging, and this works at work or in relationships or with yourself. Acknowledge the uniqueness of a person. Acknowledge if you're on a team and you're leading people, acknowledge how they need to be led, how they best communicate Mm -hmm. or what communicates best to them. What are their specific needs what motivates them and when you acknowledge those differences then you can speak to those differences and lead them acknowledge your own needs like i have to get eight hours of sleep i wish i could say that i usually function on about five or six like us rescheduling the podcast three times because i was sick i'm like i can't function (laughs) like please help me Yes, you acknowledge that need. And we need to acknowledge acknowledge our strengths and go with our strengths and 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 invest in our strengths. Um and not worry, not if you spend all your time trying to bring up your weaknesses, then you're not gonna be using your strengths. So if you have weaknesses because everybody has some because we can't all be all 100 good um those are the things that you delegate eliminate or automate mm-hmm. very good advice right there you yeah delegate eliminate or automate mm-hmm. if they're your weaknesses and it's okay to hire someone to do what you're not good at it's actually way better to hire someone to way do Way better. If you can't design a website, don't go about it. take 600 courses and try to figure out how to. It's not your thing. Yeah. There's a reason that some people stay in one career forever. It's because they're really good at that one thing, right? Or they'll be whatever they want to be. And it's like, no, I'm just good at being this one thing, right? And then so they recognize yeah, for myself, I hired an assistant who's really good at being organized. Because if you saw my mess of a desk right now, you'd be like, who the heck is this lady? And why is she dealing with people's money? Right? So I hire someone to take care of that stuff for me so that I know that everything is perfect. And I can- you. That's great. You're doing it. Yeah. You are claiming yourself. You're acknowledging what you need help with. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Um. Okay, the I. Hmm. What do you think the I? People want to know that they're, and I'm sorry, it's got two words to the, it's sort of a phrase because. You give it to us. Because I was going to say. both words start with inspired. I was going to say inspired or involved. Um, Those would be the two that I would have gone with. And if it helps you, no one usually gets this. Um, Invested in. Oh, I like that. People want to know that they're being invested in. And you need to invest in yourself. 
when you claim yourself, you invest in your physical needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual needs, your mental needs, you invest in yourself. If you're leading people, you invest in their, um, you can invest time. You can invest time, money, and resources. Children spell love, T-I-M-E. And so do people. Yeah, my husband's for sure a personal time person. Okay. I'm like, what do you want to do today? He's like, nothing. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) that sounds terrible. But that's just, he just wants to be around me. You know, he's like, I don't get to see you that often. So if we don't do anything, that's fine. And I'm like, okay, if that's what investing in our relationship looks like is just being present, fantastic. I will be super present. I'll turn off my cell phone. I will be 100% engaged with what you want to do. And if that's sitting on the couch doing nothing, I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. That's that's awesome. Yes. And and investing, you have acknowledged what his needs are and his likes are, but you invested the time and energy to understand that's what he needs. Mm -hmm. You invested in getting to acknowledge. So I call this five facets because you can't separate them. It's like a diamond. They all fit together. They, they are all parts of, if you are claiming someone, they know that they're loved and you've acknowledged them so that you can claim them and you've invested in discovering who they are. If you're leading people, you need to make sure they have the resources they need to accomplish a project. Or if you are in a relationship, you want to invest in the people. And then also you can invest with resources, you know, making sure that people have what they need to accomplish anything you might be leading them to do. Uh, investing in yourself to get your training that you need. Okay, we're doing good. Now, the last one, the M, is uh, kind of tricky. When I first came up with it, it had it's, it's a three-word phrase, and there's a second three-word phrase, but you could summarize it in a one word that start. but all of those start with M. So you got more opportunities to hit the right answer um (laughs) a three-word phrase um i'm not sure okay and that is a good answer (laughs) but it doesn't start with them no it doesn't no people want to know that they're made for greatness Mm. the second phrase would be can make a difference. Yeah. But bottom line, the one word is they want to know they matter. Yeah. That if they didn't show up, they would be missed. Well, that's another M word. But made for greatness. And the greatness I'm talking about is not like they're going to be on the cover of a magazine or win the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh <clears throat> Although that's, that's pretty, that's cool if that's what they're meant to do, mm-hmm. but uh, made for greatness means, and I've mentioned this already, each person is different, is unique, is uh, 
special. And it's like, if you look at all the people in the world in a jigsaw puzzle, each puzzle piece is one person. And if that one puzzle piece is missing, then the picture's not complete, but no other piece can fill that hole because it's doing its hole. You know, it's going in its place where it belongs. Uh So I like to quote Judy Garland. She said, don't be a second rate version of someone else when you can be a first rate version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are unique so, for a reason. Yes. Like we have You're the most unique for a reason, right? There is not exactly on this planet that is you. That's right. And the world needs you to be you yeah. because of how you complete the picture. You have no idea the impact you're making. Yes, you do make a difference. Yes, you will make a difference and you matter. And if you're not being you, somebody in this world that you were created to be you for is missing out. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so powerful. So be you in 20, uh, uh, wait, I'm going to be me in 23. (laughs) That's my, that's my motto, be me in 23. So yes, and, and when you let people know that they matter, I mean, you're letting them know when you invest time in them or when you let them know you've chosen them, they matter. I want to go back to the acknowledge. There are two simple ways you can acknowledge anybody and it doesn't cost anything or um, take a lot of effort. The first one is when you are talking with someone, you acknowledge them when you look them in the eye. Mm because the eye is the window to the soul. And you're saying, I am seeing you. I acknowledge that you are there. And when you're on a Zoom call, find the camera and look into the camera. That's so, so you can do. Say, I, yes, it is challenging, but you, you can acknowledge someone and saying, I see you. Because mm-hmm. people just wanna be seen and heard. And, um, you know, acknowledge Mm -hmm. the other tip is, um, Elena is to use people's names. Yes. When I said your name, it, it, it's saying, I know that you are an individual with your own name and I see you. I use this when I'm out anywhere where people have a name tag on. I'm buying something at a store. I'll look for a name tag. I'm at the grocery store checking out. I look for a name tag and I use their name. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate it. Hey, Terry, I hope you have a good day. Uh, Use a person's name because that is, now some names are very popular. Like we thought we were being all special when we named our daughter Bethany. And in her freshman year of college, there were four Bethany's on her floor in her dorm. Yeah, but still, uh, it's a pretty unique name. But I, I also grew up with a girl in my same grade whose name was Elena Marie, and my name is Elena Marie, and but hers was spelled differently, so it was always like. So there it is. Yeah, it was different but similar at the same time. 
but the way you wear your name is different. Yeah. Everybody has no name tags out there generically with my name on right. it. or like when you go and buy those right. marks or the pens. Yes. Sailing. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to get those yes. custom made for sure. <laughs> I know. Our uh, oldest daughter is named Candace and we spell it A-C-E and not I-C-E and you never see an A-C-E anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yes. Candace Joshua said Bethany Corbin. Corbin, you never see a Corbin. I know one Corbin. But is it I-N or A-N? K-O-R-B-I-N. Yeah, his is A-N. And uh, and Malia is M-E-L-E-A, not I-A. Oh, we we just pretty. had this thing about the eyes. We left them out on it, right? Anyway, all that is to say, use a person's name because it's personal. It's saying, I see you. I acknowledge you. And you're important. Well, and when you go and seen. run into them three years from now and you remember their name, they are dumbfounded. They are so excited because you just remembered their name. I did it yesterday exactly. at the grocery store. I was like, oh, hey, Rebecca. And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, you remember my name? I'm like, oh, of course I do. But I make it a point to remember people's names because I know how important it is to me when people say my name properly. Do you have some tricks of the trade to how to remember a person's name? Uh, Are you just really good at it? Association. Association. Um, I read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, probably 10 plus times. And there's some really good tips in there as well. But when you're going into the conversation, I always try and associate it with someone else. So if someone's name's Diana, I go, this is Princess Diana, right? So I'll remember it like, oh, no, Princess Diana right or whatever it is and or like if okay my neighbor's brother's name's tanner and that's my brother's name right so it's pretty easy to be like oh she has the same they have the same name um but i find that if you can associate it and use it back to them multiple times in that interaction you're gonna remember it and i always take notes in my phone that is a key i save if i save someone's contact information I'll make sure that I write stuff down about them so that it really solidifies in my mind where I met them, who they are, what we talked about, that kind of stuff, because I find that that's really helpful for me as well. Because I have about 18. Look at you investing. Look at you investing in your people. That is what you're doing. Because that takes time to write all that out. Mm -hmm. And you're acknowledging who they are because you love them. And you've chosen to have this relationship where you share, um, you know, your life with them and get involved in their life because they matter and they are made for greatness. Mm-hmm. People want to know that their existence is benefiting other people. I think during the recent times when we weren't able to be out there with people and so isolated, that was so damaging to so many people because there was no opportunity to be reminded we can make a difference and our existence matters. Yeah. I think that was one of the hardest parts of the last couple of years is the fact that we grew apart from some people because we didn't get to see them. Right. Or like I missed years of my nieces and nephews lives and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at that going, 
okay, I can't get that back, but what can I do today to build that relationship? So instead of sending a generic card, I send each one of them a card, right? Like, Hayden, how's it going, buddy? Like, miss you, hope you're doing good, you know, stuff like that. Or like my nephew, JJ, he can't have gluten or dairy either, which I can't either. So um, I made him a specific little box of gluten and dairy-free baking because I'm actually a Red Seal pastry chef by trade as well in my past career. And uh, he was just like- In one of your past lives? Yeah, one of my past lives. People are still like, you've done a lot of things. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty versatile. But it's because I never found where I belonged until I met World Financial Group, right? So it was just, it was just like in passing. I thought I was going to be a pastry chef forever, but I got carpal tunnel. And then it was just like, no, nah, it's not for me, right? I didn't want to make people fat. <laughs> like that wasn't what I was aiming for. I like helping people, right? So helping people is not giving them diabetes. <laughs> right? So yeah, I don't know. I think it's really important to show them that you care through your actions but also in little ways so like when I write Christmas cards I don't send out a generic Christmas card right I just take on less clientele because I want to be able to service my clients properly I want to be able to go hey I'm thinking about your family I hope you're doing well Merry Christmas or whatever and I think that that is one of the most impactful things that you can do for someone to show them that you care is just be genuine and put yourself out there and go, hey, I'm thinking about you. And I hope that you know that, right? And then they like love you because you love them and you genuinely care about them. And it's it's what makes me different, I think, is that I genuinely want You are you. claiming your people. You are claiming your people. Mm -hmm. you're, you're choosing to show them love and acknowledging their individuality and investing the time to write a note and letting them know that they matter. Yeah. Look at you all doing claiming your people. See, we were meant to be together <laughs> in this meeting. I love it. That's right. The uh, Ford company was almost 17 billion in debt in the early, like 1999, 2000. Mm -hmm. And they hired a new um, CEO and he came in and took over and brought the company back because he claimed the people. Mm -hmm. Campbell Soup, no, it was Campbell Soup that almost was under in 2000. And... Doug Conant came in and claimed the people that work there. He wrote individual handwritten notes to every person acknowledging them uh, over the years as he was working with people <clears throat> from the people that mopped the floor to the people that, you know, did the deals or built something or whatever it, chicken uh, with the um, uh, Campbell soup and it turned the company around because here was someone that cared, saw them and he invested the time, energy and acknowledged them and let them know they were chosen and loved. So he turned this whole big company around. That's what um, Malali did with Ford. 
by claiming the company, claiming the people, he was able to turn it around as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're leading anybody, even if it's one person, blame them and let them know that, um, you know, give them encouragement and you'll, it'll come back to you. That's it's an investment in them that you'll see the benefits of. That's one of the things that I think we do really well in business is we call it EPR. So encourage, praise, and recognize. And we make sure that we don't um, put people down. We just only encourage the things that we want to see. And I think that that is a big, big reason that we're so good at attracting good quality people. Because when you're putting it out there like, hey, this is this is what we're looking for. We want people to run good business. And I I look for heart, right? I look for people that have a good heart. I look for people that want to help people. And those are the type of people I recruit. And I'm just like, so hyper-focused on that. I'm like, if you don't have good credibility and you don't have people around you that love you and care about you and want to help you, then you probably don't have what I'm looking for, right? I want people in my business that are actively going out and helping in their communities and their families and doing good things, right? And so EPR is something that we've um, got on the go. So when people are doing production in our business, we have we have a group chat that's called EPR and it's literally a hundred messages a day of people being like, good job, I love it, like high fives. And it's so fun, right? It's just so fun because people get to encourage each other and they want to be a part of that culture. Culture's everything, culture's everything. And I say that the person that's leading a, a anything from a committee to a whole company you you if you're the one in charge then you are the thermostat mm -hmm. and the culture shows up on the thermometer yeah so you have to set the thermostat like you're uh, conscientiously doing you are setting the thermostat to epr yeah and building a um, a green light culture. I say that there are three colors of culture, like a traffic light. The red is a you know stop. It's fiery. It's toxic. People are running from it mm -hmm. because they don't want to be around it. Unless you're a fireman and you run to the fire, but most people run away from fire yeah. and can't stand the toxicity. The the next is the yellow, where you're cautious. You don't. This is where you find a lot of the uh, quiet quitters, people that are there but they're not really involved, and you don't know if they're going to leave. You need to be cautious about that. Mm -hmm. But the green light is the culture of growth and life and lots of oxygen like a plant that's green and green is also the color of money mm -hmm. so you're going to have more success if you're uh the green light so you i know i'm mixing metaphors but you are the traffic light controller if you're the one in charge yeah i love that it's so true and i think it's a big part of being in business is developing a culture because when you're running your own company or even for people who don't run their own companies, you run a household or you run a relationship or you run a friendship, right? And if you're 
just constantly building people up and putting people on a pedestal and being like, hey, you can do it. You can do it. You're believing in them. And then they believe in you back, right? Or they'll they'll know that they can call you when they need help or they're not afraid to ask questions, right? Because they know that you're not going to be like, oh, you're ridiculous. No, right. you're, you're accepting them. Like you're talking or acknowledging the fact that they do belong and they are mm-hmm. able to... Um, add value to other people's lives. And I think that's so important. Well, and that's the L, the love. It's unconditional. It's it's safe and secure. Where like someone can... My name means daughter of love. And my <gasps> birthmarks are hearts, which is very weird. But I have hearts, two of them. Yep. <laughs> so There it is. Mm-hmm. There glow, it is. And I glow pink. Which is <laughs> really freaky, but... It is. It's true. Every single time I glow pink, like you can see. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Yes. So when we claim our people, they're not just connected to us. I have another quote in a sea of humanity. Belonging is a shore of security, love and identity. Mm. And people now more than ever, I think, in this sea of the world of humanity, people need belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to know that they they can find security, love, and identity. Mm-hmm. And you can do that through belonging, by claiming your people. Mm-hmm. So what would you say something to someone who's starting out in business, who's like, what do you wish you learned sooner? when it comes to being an entrepreneur and being successful? Well, there are multiple answers to that. I think we touched on one of the elements is know the culture you want to build. Yeah. And then part of knowing the culture is, is the why. What is your mission? And what are your values? You, you've already stated your values are people that you want on board that have a heart and that want to help people. That is a value and that, that you have identified so that when you build your business, you're looking for that kind of person. You're not just taking anybody and then having to fix people. Oh, goodness. So I would say... Number one, know, have what you want to create in your mind from a culture point of view and work. And what is your mission? I've got a, a um, worksheet for doing your mission and your, your value statement and, and understand what's important to you and how can you achieve that or you know you decide ahead of time like if i'm going to go visit you in canada right and that where you are sure is <laughs> well i would need to know where i was going to go to get the right roads or the right flight yeah. so if you're going to start a business you you have to know why you want to have this business and what you want it to be about yeah what impact are you creating Right. You don't just start a business for the heck of it and just be like, oh, we're going to be super successful. 
Well, not if you don't know what you're doing, right? <laughs> it's just this is really true. This is true. Um, now, sometimes what you have in mind are a little more lofty than what they should be. Like I did when I started my first real business with the tea room. I was asked what my business plan was, and I said, "Well, I want it to be uh, on." On the square in downtown, I wanted to have a really nice bathroom. I want a bookshelf of interesting books, and I want a guest book for people to sign, and I want the same music that Julia plays in her gift shop. Mm. That's my business plan. <laughs> and I met with this business counselor, and he said, so um, how much does a fork cost, and how much are tablecloths? And Oh, you mean like that kind of business plan? Yeah. <laughs> I had the vision. And, but I did. I ended up with all those five things. It was crazy. Well, that's because you got clarity. You got clarity yes. on what you were looking for. And exactly. that's my challenge to all of my clients this year. So this is a something that uh, one of my senior mentors did. Um in our Monterey trip. So not that you can read it, but you might be able to, if you pause it, it's my top 25 dreams list. And number one, I want to retire my husband. He doesn't want to be retired, but I want to be able to retire my husband. And I didn't just write retire Kyle. I wrote retire Kyle. So he can have equal opportunity to chase his dreams, right? Whatever that means. And on the back of it, I wrote myself a personal mission statement that starts with, I am most proud of the person that I've become and uh, the acceptance that I will continue to grow every day. I know with absolute certainty that everything that I set my mind to is coming to me in divine timing. My mind is a weapon that is sharp and focused on exactly what needs to be done to achieve the goals. I'm stepping into my true gifts and this is truly my time to shine. And it continues and it's just like, I strive for excellence. And the last line is, I will live, I will love, and I will matter, which is a line from Brendan Burchard. And uh -huh. I, when I heard that, I was just like, holy, yes. Because if you go into your day going, did I live, did I love, did I matter? Oh my goodness. It is so powerful. So powerful. So yes, I, I, I picked that up from him. I, that, that is Fabulous exercise. Yeah. So I loved it. Yes. Anybody doing thinking about going into business should do exactly should follow your example. Yeah. Well, if you just go, I want to buy a mansion. What does the mansion look like? Where is it? Is it beachfront? Is it in the forest? I want to build a yoga treehouse studio. You know, if there's any architects listening, like call me. <laughs> but it's it's getting that clarity on exactly what you're trying to create. And like I said, don't just recruit anybody. You want to recruit people to your culture because if you recruit people that aren't in your culture, then they're going to be poisoned to your culture. And I think that's really important to understand as well, that there's going to be people that you bring on that you're going to have to let go because they're not aligned. And I think that you'll know, you'll know when you're like, oh, that one doesn't. Well, it, it's like, you you're going on this trip like i said okay we're gonna i'm gonna collect everybody that wants to go visit you and i'm gonna take a bus 
well, how helpful is it if we're on our way and somebody says, yeah, but I want to go to New Orleans. And they talk the bus driver into going to New Orleans instead of to Canada. That's that's what you have to think about. You are setting the itinerary. Who do you want to be on your bus to go with you to help you get there and not the people that are going to hijack your your itinerary? Exactly. Oh. I have loved this conversation. I am so sad that we have to cut it short, um, but I definitely want people to get more access to you. I love that your website is there, but for those of the people who aren't watching it, uh, maybe you could tell people where to get more access to you for people. Absolutely. I made it as simple as possible. My name is Dia Irby, D-E-A-I-R-B-Y, and you go to my website, diairby.com. D-E-A-I-R-B-Y.com. You'll find some complimentary resources, uh, claim explained for the home and in your church. Uh, I do have some product that is for purchase. There are opportunities to help have me work with you to help you work through your situations. That's available links to lots of things and maybe even somewhere on there might have a picture of us, our family gathered at Thanksgiving when we had all but two gathered and we had 32 in our picture (laughs) because we have 19 (laughs) grandchildren. Beautiful. I love that. Well, I know everyone got a ton of value out of today because I did too. I took a whole page of notes while I was like secretly writing down the side. Um, But I just want you to know that I appreciate you. And I appreciate what you're doing and how you run your businesses and what you're putting out into the world is really incredible. So thank you for doing what you do. Well, thank you, Elena, for the opportunity. I do hope it has been helpful to your listeners. And I look forward to hearing from any of you out there listening to say, go for it. If you have any suggestions, and especially if you don't agree with me about anything, I would love to hear that. That's always the fun conversations. It's like, you said this. I actually just had this come up. I tried to trademark something. It did not go well. I have an insurance company going, you can't say that. And I'm like, okay, I will retract that. (laughs) like, Because I don't want to fight with them, right? They have a lot more money than I do. They're a very large company. So it's, it's so funny how you sometimes have to backpedal and be like, okay, let's rethink this and see what else we can do to still get the same message across but maybe under a different logo right (laughs) something like that but anyways that's been my last couple of weeks of trying to deal with lawyers and all that fun stuff but it's dealt with as of today so thank goodness that that's done but anyways i digress so that's it. That's it for us for today. I appreciate everyone's time. Thank you for being world shakers and going out and changing your communities. I hope that you guys got a ton of value out of today's content and make sure you reach out to Dia. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, feel free to reach out to us at pursuit of relentless uh, at gmail.com or on our website, elenanadig.com as well. We'll post all of the information in the show notes and until next time, We're signing out.